to the very first episode of Megan Fun of Sports. I am Megan Gailey, and I am joined by my esteemed co-host, Megan Connolly. What's going on, Meg? How are you? Hi. Oh, wow. I'm Meg. I'm so excited. Um, we do both have the name Megan. We do both spell it M-E-G-A-N. I call that the correct way. Okay. Um, it was going to be a major issue. I mean, did you think it was going to be a major issue if I had an H in there? I wouldn't have said it to you because Mm -hmm. we didn't know each other that way yet, Mm -hmm. but um, I would have thought it. I would have been like, "Mm, come on, get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely would have messed up. We wouldn't have been able to have this name. You know, we wouldn't have been able to have a play on our our name be because it was like, I would, yeah, it just, this is better. This is better. Are you the youngest in your family? I am. Yes, so am I. Um, And so (laughs) I love how much we have in common. Um, And so my brother, Michael, I have two older brothers. What's your what's your rundown? Um, Just one older sister, 14 months apart, Irish twins. Okay. So I have two older brothers and my brother, Michael, for a period was spelling Michael Lickham um, back completely backwards. And my mom was like, I gave him way too many letters. And so she was like, Megan, if you had been first, it would have been like M-E-A-G-H-A-N. But since you were third, I was like, no, as few letters as possible. And so we have a similar situation with the with the letters, because um, my grandparents are off the boat from Ireland and um, my parents actually were convinced that I was going to be a boy and I was going to be Nolan Ryan. Um, and then I was a girl a and they're like, hey, what do we do? Um, and so they named me Megan Ryan O'Brien and um, they just kept the middle name because they didn't want to mess with it. And then uh, my mom wanted M-E-A-G-H-A-N. And my father said, absolutely not. But my grandmother, because that's how they spell it in Ireland, it is. always addressed me spelling it that way. All the birthday no. cards, everything. Yeah, she, she just, just refused to spell my name the right way. Wow. Okay. So this is going to be a podcast about sports, but we did want to introduce ourselves and we did think part of that was giving the name history. And we are both Irish. It's it's going to be a shocking amount of things that we have in common. We are both Irish. We have the same name. We are both newlyweds. Megan Connolly got married m- mere months ago. Yeah, September 4th. So very, yeah, I'm like a month and a half in. A month and a half in. I got married December of 2019, but it, it, 2020, that's not a real year. So I I think like newlywed game style, I would still be allowed to go on it um, because, you know, they weren't shooting. That's just, that's how I deem newlyweds, if you would still be allowed to be on that game. So we're both newlyweds. Both of our husbands work in this industry. Both of our moms are nurses, of course, Irish, uh, specifically the same kind of nurse, labor and delivery. I think that's also pretty Irish. And then went to hospice nursing, truly cradle to grave, um, nothing in between. I also love babies and old people and the in-between is tough for me. Now, Megan, what is your mom's name? Therese. Therese. Okay. I have a Margaret, a Peggy, um, and I was thinking that would be it, but I guess we found where our lives go off in different directions. Margaret. And she, does she go by Meg? No, Peggy. She goes by Peggy and her mom was a Margaret and she goes by Peggy. And then I have a niece, Margaret, who goes by Maggie. And it's so, my husband, he, um, his parents were born and raised in the Philippines and moved here. And so my husband's first generation and his mom, like when I said my new niece was born, she goes, why do you guys all have the same name? And I'm like, that's just, I heard people have five names and then they just rotate them out. Anyone Italian that likes this network has already turned it off. It's like these nasty, no Irish need apply bitches. They gave them a whole platform. Yes, they did. But we have earned it because we are, I was going to say the bad bitches of sports. I don't think that's true. But I'm going to give you a little rundown of Megan Connolly's resume because it is truly impressive. One that I would would steal for my own. And I do think this is the beginning of a talented Mr. Ripley situation where I do maybe dye my hair blonde and have a rapid weight loss. Oh, my God. I got winded (laughs) just even talking fast. Okay. Megan Connolly went to Northwestern. Now, I went to You eye-rolled. No, because I'm jealous. I, I went to a Big Ten school, but it was not Northwestern. And we like to think of ourselves as academically advanced. I can't even think of the 
the worst. But Northwestern, that's the top. That's the tippy top. And I know Michigan tries to claim it. I think it's Northwestern. I really do. It is. And Michigan will. They always do that. Wisconsin always kind of heckles yeah, right. us too, sure, like sure, acting sure. like they're cool. Um, Northwestern is the top. The problem is not a lot of people at Northwestern really care about sports. Right. And then those of us who do, it's just heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. So it's tough. But you guys do have some very distinguished alumni. And I would say one of the most sport-centric Northwestern alumni of all time, Michael Wilbon, who is like on the board there. I think he's like a part of the trustees. I mean, he's he's a gold standard. And of course, another very famous Megan, Megan Markle. She does not spell it the right way, though. She does not. And that's why when they asked me if I wanted to host with her, I said no. Oh, she so was, then I'm her. She, yeah, yeah. They yeah. called me out of the bullpen. Yeah. Oh, wow. she, and, but you were my first choice. Me- Megan, I said, no, you know, she's got this whole thing going with Harry. I'm just going to let her ride that out. And maybe she can find, she can do it with Megan McCain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So went to Northwestern on a running scholarship. What the fuck? I mean, <laughs> that pisses me off. Okay. And then went and worked for the Patriots for five years. An organization I've hated my whole life, but one also of jealousy, of respect, of hatred, not because they have done anything evil to me, but just have beat the shit out of my beloved Colts. Not directly to you, but they've done a lot of evil things to the NFL and NFL fans Mm. just by dominance, I would say. But I got out at the right time. I'm telling you, got out at the right time. You did. You did. I mean, you, you left before Tom. I, uh, yeah. Uh, no, after I left after okay. Tom. I had one year without Tom. Yeah. You said Tom's gone. I'm gone. Yeah. It was, it was pretty much like that. The COVID year, it was hard. It didn't even feel like a real year. So sometimes I'm like, did I leave after him? But, um, yeah, when Tom left, I was like, I don't really feel this. And then they drafted Mac and now I feel a lot better, but, um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, Megan Connolly hails from Chicago, massive Chicago sports fans. That does not mean a Cubs fan. Okay. That means bears, bulls, white Sox, Blackhawks. That's right. Um, yeah, I didn't grow up a bears fan. I'll, you know, I'll trip for the bears. I, I sort of adopted the Patriots as my NFL team. So the bears have been awful my entire life, except when yeah. they played your Colts in the Super Bowl. Um, they were still pretty awful then. I think mm-hmm. everyone was cheering. They were like, oh, the Bears, this one's, this one's you know, easy. They had that, um, that kickoff return to start the game, and that was exciting. And that them. was it. And that was it. And that was oh, it. That was definitely it. That was the rest of the game. Um, yeah, the Bulls has been troubling too. The Blackhawks, they've had their moments. Um, and the White Sox, <sighs> a week ago today, it, it was, was one of – it, it was an impressive – 2021 season though and I think a lot of I I went into it skeptical of the elder statesman at the helm and I I he made me a believer and I'm I'm so happy that it worked out it almost had like a bad news bears you know it almost felt like does why does Tony Lewis want to do this um and you know he was fresh off of a DUI so it felt sort of like community service and then they all got along and, and loved each other and I think he's a candidate for manager of the year so it worked yeah out. I think he should win that award the only thing that really ticked me off the last game was just total bloodbath Astros are kicking our ass and Tony yeah. tries to get kicked out and I'm like Tony listen buddy if we have to sit through this you do too. You're not getting kicked out. I know you're an old man, but He's you're old. not getting kicked out. And I was very happy that they did not throw him out. He was asking for it. He was begging. <laughs> Sit down. We're in this together. Yeah, when someone does egregious and they don't throw you out, it's like, we want you here. <laughs> we, If you're going to take a nap, Tony, you're going to take a nap in the dugout. Um, okay, so that that is Megan Conley's stats. Very impressive. Um, mine probably less impressive, but let's see if Megan Connolly can breeze through the Megan Gailey stat sheet. All right. So Megan Gailey went to Purdue. She hails from Indiana and neither of us left our home state for college. Neither of us. We were like, Nope, staying right here in the Midwest. And I like that. Um, Yeah. I I flirted with California for a minute, went on a couple visits and then ended up having Chicago pull me home. But yeah, we stayed, we stayed in the Midwest and then Megan Gailey moved to Chicago. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. Because to pursue comedy. Yep. Um, and was in Chicago five years. Yeah. Wow. You studied. I, correct. I made flashcards. 
And then um, went to New York for a little while for a New York minute and um, did some more comedy work. And then found her way to L.A. where she's working as a stand-up comedian and many other things. HBO, she's a writer. She's a jack-of-all-trades. Um, she's been on Conan O'Brien, which is, mm-hmm. I think, very cool. That's what I tell people. I'm like, oh, yeah, my co-host, she's um, she's been on Conan. Not a big deal. And it um, doesn't exist anymore, you know? So it's like not a, it's not going to be a credit that's going to be around for everyone. No, it's not. But it is legendary, so people will know. Yeah. And now living in LA still mm-hmm. and doing a podcast with me. Yeah. So that's what she's doing. And those are the stats. So that's a little bit about us. I hope you haven't tuned away so far. Um, tuned away. Do people tune away in podcasts? I don't know. Um, but we are going to be going through all of the hottest and coolest sports stories of the week and just giving you our takes on them. We're so excited that the NBA season starts today. You may be wondering, why would a Pacers fan be excited? Well, I'm delusional and not well. So that's where that excitement is able to be drawn from. Megan is in her Ja Morant jersey. Yep, I got it on. I uh, I work a job under a fake name, Megan Morant, and I name myself after Ja because I really do wish I could dunk. <laughs> like, can you imagine if one day you just woke up? Uh, like, I would do it every day. I would just be like, oh, yeah. It's my dream. It's my dream. I asked my husband daily, can you dunk yet? And he's like, no. And I'm like, work on it. That's all I would be doing because it's not going to be possible for me. I'm a five, five white girl. But I'm like, for you, it could be. Even like, even, even when the mascots jump on the trampoline and do it, I'm like, God, that looks like a thrill. Um, the biggest. But I'm excited for the NBA too, because, yeah. um, whether you're, you know, a Pacers fan, which has been challenging or a Bulls fan, yes. which has also been challenging. The NBA is one of those leagues where it's just, there's constant drama. It's like yeah. a little soap opera. And I love when the players get involved on Twitter and when they, uh-huh. they go at each other. And so the NBA is one of those, um, can't miss, can't miss television, I would say. Can't no. miss leagues. Even though it's a little too long, but, you know, it's it's fantastic. And there's enough guys and there's enough teams that it's like everybody can go, you know what, if, even if that's not my team team, I still love watching X play. Um, now, the drama is starting. I guess it's not even, it's been drama that they were trying to pretend wasn't drama. And now season opener is back full force. <laughs> Ben Simmons, as of this morning, was thrown out of practice by Doc Rivers and suspended for the season opener. Uh, There was footage that emerged of him yesterday practicing, truly air quotes, um, in sweats with his cell phone in his pocket. (laughs) Are we surprised by any of this? No, it was incredible. I'm like, yes, this is actually how, because the thing is, if he came and was like all in and doing suicide, she'd be like, this isn't real. So it's like, yes, he came back as his authentic self. And isn't that all we're asking people to be in this year of 2021, to just be themselves? (laughs) My favorite is that like he wasn't going to show up. And then he arrived, I think last week (laughs) for COVID testing, just like, Hey everyone, I'm here. Like acting like nothing at all happened, but then clearly, you know, he's he hasn't he hasn't changed. He still he still can't shoot outside of when he's at the rim. And he practices with his cell phone in his pocket. Nobody wants him there. And my favorite part about this is that Philly fans are so passionate. Oof, some that's of the a most very passionate nice way to say it. And um I think they're, they're, um, I would be afraid to be on the streets if I was a hundred percent. I would be terrified. He came back and he made everything worse, which is honestly, you have to admire that in a person that's like, put me in a room. Things are going to go poorly. I do love that. I have a genuine soft spot for Ben Simmons because I loved the documentary about him called Benny. Um, that was like all about his family and his road to the NBA. And he just comes across as such a sweet boy. And so I don't know what happens. I, I, I genuinely don't. But this really is drama that the rest of the country can get behind. And I think Philly is one of those towns that everybody has no, at least knows the reputation that they can be absolutely brutal fans. And so when you see them angry, it is kind of 
funnier. You know, it's like that, like, remember, like, bagel guy who was, like, freaking out? Like, it's like a man who's so angry about something that, like, he does not need to be that angry about. And that seems to be all of Philly fans. I am taking personal joy in it because... Eagles fans have been taunting Indianapolis Colts fans because we are probably going to have to give up a first round draft pick for Carson Wentz. And so they comment and troll on every single positive thing. And so it's like, yes, the Eagles are not that good. And also your team is in utter disarray. And I say that with absolute love for Doc Rivers. So Megan, at this point, like what are they even... throw out good idea, bad idea, anything to help them. Well, does anyone want Ben Simmons? Like, I know he wants to be traded, but does any organization want him? I mean, at first it was like, I thought maybe the Bulls would take Ben Simmons and I was going to talk myself into it. But then they got Zach Levine and Mm -hmm. then they got Ball and it was like, okay, do they really need Ben Simmons? No, you can't have a ball in it. You can't have a ball in a Simmons, no. No, I don't think that will work. And then, you know, you look at the situation in Brooklyn, like they, they already have their own issues with Kyrie. They don't, they don't want Ben Simmons. I don't know if anyone really wants him. Like, what's he going to do? Where is he going to go? And what's Embiid going to do? Like, is Embiid going to personally escort him out of Philadelphia? I mean, he might. And I, and I do think um, that the 76ers front office was doing a pretty good job of being like, listen, he's really good. You know, just trying to be like, we don't want to say we got a lemon when we got a lemon. And he obviously can score some points, but what they want for him in return, it's, it's as insane as the LA housing market. Like it's, I'm not saying he's a tear down, but the kitchen definitely needs some work. So I, I, I am shocked he's not on the Pacers at this point because I'm like, we seem to just, Indianapolis seems to just be a dumping ground for Philadelphia trash at this point. Not that he's trash and not that Carson Wentz is trash. I'm just saying hypothetically. And I I really, they're going to have to bring the price down, but it seems like Doc doesn't want him there. Embiid does not want him there. He doesn't want to be there. I don't even know how this comeback and practice for two days idea came about but they got it you're right he's not safe in philadelphia he is truly unsafe in that city i agree um i just you know i i don't understand it's like dude no one wants you just go take this off season work on your shot you know come back with your tail in between your legs and just play i mean the only way that this could go well was like if he issued an apology to philly and there's they drive to deep left field by Castellanos. I'm just kidding. But um, if he issued an apology to Philly and then he comes in and he just balls out, like then mm-hmm. it would be fine. We forget about it. It's over. But he couldn't even do that. So now I think the process is over. If I'm yeah. a 76ers fan, I no longer trust this process, which is really unfortunate because they built it up. They centered all their marketing around this. You get Simmons, you have Embiid. It looks like you're going to have a great team. They've got some great and young guys too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the guy who was vlogging in the bubble, I love him. Was that Tobias? Maybe that was him. Someone was vlogging and I loved him and he's young. But it is, yeah, you got to get him, you got to get him out of there. And if he comes to Indianapolis, will be nice. That's that's what I know about Indy, unfortunately. So, I guess that's he's, a such, he's such a unique player though. Like he's a 7-foot point guard. You don't get that a lot. He's a great defender. I mean, if you're seven foot, like, can't you learn how to shoot? Like, I mean, look, I'm saying this as someone who is probably the worst person at basketball in the entire country. But Aww. I mean, I'm really bad, Meg. I'm, I'm like, pretty bad. I'm pretty, pretty bad. bad. But I could definitely take a charge. Um, but he he can't do it. So mm-hmm. I think I don't know. Someone has to take Ben Simmons off Philly's hands. Yeah, I played um, recreational basketball for one year in middle school. I scored zero points. I fouled out of multiple games. And my biggest highlight was one game my parents were out of town and I just had my braces tightened and I took too much Tylenol. And in the middle of the game, I puked through my hands onto the court. (laughs) And I heard people go, her parents are out of town. Like, of course, this is what happens when you leave. Did a babysitter so, have to like take care of you, clean it up? What happened? I I ran to the bathroom. By the time I got back, it was cleaned up. But I was definitely on the bench. So I so we offer all of that criticism with our own grain of salt. And 
and we do, I think I speak on behalf of both of us. We want him to land someplace and to have a career. I don't want it, this to be. And the East is like, I, I wouldn't say it's wide open. I don't know why everyone's counting out the bucks. Um, but Brooklyn's having issues. Like, it's a winnable conference if they could just get it together. Okay. Um, truly one of our favorite stories. I think we'll be able to look back at this story and go, this is what bonded our friendship. The Urban Meyer out at the nightclub doing whatever he was doing. And I've been in that position before, okay? I've been that gal, so I'm not here to pass judgment. He finally, the Jacksonville Jaguars, won a game in London. Megan, what was your first thought when you saw that they won? Well, this is really the only thing good that could happen to Urban right now. Like, he needed a win, right? Like, he needed something to take away the attention from this young woman that he was... um, dancing with I don't know we want to call it dancing that's a nice way way. um but the first thing you think is like he getting on that plane is he boarding the flight or is he staying in London to celebrate because I think everyone is wondering like where is Urban's head after after all of this and I also want to know because I've been closely monitoring his wife's social media account which she said she was getting off Twitter and she's not like she's she's not off there for a while she was there, and then she wasn't, and then I think she's back. But this pink flamingo thing keeps yeah. coming up. I wanted to know, did the wife make the trip with Urban, yeah. or, or how did that all um, yeah, did she pan out London? there? Right. It is, or, yeah. or was that too conspicuous to be like, oh, now his wife is going everywhere with him? Like, did they hire a babysitter? Um, like, you know, did she send, like, her friend's husband? And, like, Steve just needs to be with Urban no matter where he goes. Or did they just find someone to, like, monitor situations better? Like, hey, Urban, you can go out, but, like, we have this guy with you. He's going to make sure that no one takes pictures. Because that could definitely yeah. happen, have, like, a bodyguard yes. security guard. I mean, come on. Like, these people go everywhere. So there's going to be phones. Everybody carries a camera in their pocket. So I imagine A-listers or people like coaches, people who are moderately famous, they have to have some type of security telling people to delete pictures off their phones. I know of a famous person who has a man with him and if he sees someone taking a picture, if like, if, if someone is seen taking a picture, this like bouncer bodyguard of a type breaks the phone on the spot and then writes them a check for a new phone. Um, Like literally just breaks it? Breaks the phone. Like doesn't even delete the picture? No, breaks the phone. (laughs) Is this man, like, is he jacked? I believe, like? the, I believe this phone breaker doubles as a bodyguard, so I think he is jacked. Does he but, smash it on the ground or does he break it in half? Like, I would love to see I, this happen. I hope it's truly like a break in half or like a biting, but it may be a phone. It may be a ground smash. But but that's like, that's what I kept thinking when Urban got in trouble in the first place. Like I was like, oh, he's a grandpa. Like he's too old to know that he needs a guy in his crew to be like, we got to get out of here. Or like, I got to, I'll take the fall. I'll stand in front of like Urban, people are doing this. Like (laughs) Urban is not the first man to you know, go underneath the center like that. But we just have not seen it because they have some a fall guy in their crew to make sure that doesn't happen. But Urban, he's aged out of that. So I, I like to think he went back to the Jaguars and was like, listen, I'm sorry, but also, like, can you guys give me some tips for this not to happen again? And they just had, like, a half day of meetings where the Jacksonville Jaguars were sharing with Urban how to cheat on your wife and not get caught. That's what I hope happened. Yeah, they definitely had to have that type of seminar, like a whiteboard included and just diagramming, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do. But I also am amazed, like, the team, are they, is he the laughingstock of the team right now? I mean, I read this beautiful article, I mean, every Monday I read it, the Albert Breer Monday morning quarterback, and it it was great about, like, Trevor Lawrence gave him a hug, I was like, coach, you know, even if we don't win, we won, and it was just beautiful moment. I'm like, aren't they sort of laughing inside that this is their coach? I bet they are, but I bet they're also like, we're one in five. Um, you know, so it's and there and that's recent. So it's probably hard to be pointing and laughing at someone when you yourselves are a little bit of the laughing stock. 
And I say that with genuine appreciation for them being in the AFC South. Um, Speaking of, my Indianapolis Colts be up on the Texans this weekend. I did not watch it. The Monday night loss had me so shook that I honestly did not believe Purdue was going to be Iowa until the clock struck zero. They were up 24-7 with 30 seconds left, and all I kept seeing was Lamar Jackson in my head, and I was like, you never know what could happen, like a true woman having a meltdown. So I did not watch most of this Colts game. Thrilled to have T.Y. back. Does it make up for the Monday night disaster? No. All it did to me was go, I feel really bad for the Texans. (laughs) And I don't know if that's like an aging thing to be like, why do I feel sad? Why do I, why am I feeling uh, sad for Davis Mills? But that's where I'm at now. I think Davis Mills is like, okay though. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be great, but I think he's doing better than me. He's in a mansion. I'm sure. And like, yeah. I mean, I don't think, look, I would not build in a franchise around him. I'm definitely not buying if I'm Davis Mills, I'm renting, but I think like he's been, Okay, like they they've had some bad losses. The Colts one, they almost beat the Patriots, and I know you can't like yeah. tip your hat on these almost, but he hasn't been an absolute train wreck. And for the off season that the Texans have had with all of the Deshaun Watson Ugh. stuff and all of the stuff with that they're coaching higher, and it just got really really ugly over there. So I think um, the fact that Davis Mills hasn't been a train wreck is a win, but they still have a lot yeah. to sort out. I mean, your Colts though, they're. They're, uh, I don't want to point out the obvious here, but they're like win, win clock, I think is, um, is, um, tapping out a little bit. I mean, they have all those young offensive linemen, they have some good players. So like they need to win now. So this was pretty much a must win game for them. And I knew it. And that's why I picked up Carson Wentz for my fantasy team. And I picked up your defense, won the game. So thank you, Megan. I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for you. And, um, I think that's a good bounce back. I think heading into this week, this is a good sign for your Colts. I think we have a lot to be happy about. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely would have preferred the Tennessee Titans lose last night, um, but that did not happen. A team that did lose, your your beloved Patriots, a, a an overtime back and forth incredible game to watch if you have no stake in it. Um, and so now they, they're at two and, what are they at? Two and four. Two and four. And, and the Cowboys improved to five and one, a team that I suddenly like because of Hard Knocks propaganda. Um, what do you think, knowing like the inside scoop of how New England deals with adversity, what do you think the mood is like? I mean, it's, yeah, it's like a strange words even say next to them what do you think the mood is in foxborough um well first of all the cowboys tried to lose like they did everything they could to lose they had i think they had something like 90 plays compared to the patriots 50 some odd plays and then a million yards and penalties that were accepted and then a handful that weren't accepted like they definitely tried to give the game to the Patriots. And then the fourth and one, like not going for it. And I know fourth and one, it was a rough week for fourth and one in the NFL, but not going for it. I was like, "Eh, I'm not so sure about that, but, um, Oh, fumbling in the end zone. Come on. Like twice, not once, twice. Like you can't do that. If you want to win games, they tried to give it to the Patriots. The Patriots looked absolutely terrible, but somehow or another made this game close. And I think I mean, it's like Patriots fans are probably what they're going to do is they're going to call for Belichick's job, which I think is silly. Like, it's very silly because you really think they will. Well, oh, yeah. If you listen to Boston Sports Talk Radio, a lot of people will call it. I mean, it's the callers. It will be the callers that call in and say, like, hey, those Belichick are, should be those done. Are the most insane people. If you call into sports radio, yes. you should have your you should not be able to vote like you're truly bonkers bananas. But feel free to call us. DM us. Um. I think Patriots fans are very frustrated. I mean, look, this is the first time that they really faced adversity in 20 plus years. I think the bright side is that Mac Jones looks good. Yeah. Right. He looks very good. He doesn't have a lot to work with. I mean, the Hunter Henry, that's that he's good. And the running backs have been very inconsistent and lots of fumbling. Um, their defense looks absolutely atrocious. And so people wonder now, why is Stefan Gilmore no longer on the team? Mm-hmm. And he's allegedly practicing with Carolina this week. So 
who knows about that. But I think like the bottom line is like Belichick just hasn't drafted well in five, six years. And now you have all, you have this quarterback that's pretty good. He has no offensive line. You have like receivers that are meh. You have a slow linebackers and the secondary looked crappy, but they kept themselves in the game because they didn't commit a lot of mental errors and Which is McCarthy tried trademark. to give it to them. Um, yes. Is, is Belichick, he's in charge of the draft. I mean, we of see everything. him sitting um, like a curmudgeon in his office. And and do you think that when people are calling for their his job, maybe they're saying, maybe let's bring in, uh, he's earned the right to be in charge of everything. But given what how this team is is lacking in some areas, do you think there will be any conversation, be it Robert Kraft saying, maybe we bring in a GM? I don't know, never mind, never mind. The problem is, like, if you, in order to have Bill, like, it has to be this way. Otherwise, he's not going to do it. It's just, it's Bill's way or the highway. It was even interesting, like, at the end of the first half, the Patriots decided to take a knee. They didn't even try to go for anything. They called their timeout and then they ran back out on the field and they just, Mac Jones took a knee. And it was like, hmm, why wouldn't you try? There's time left on the clock. Maybe, you know, get a field goal, worst case scenario. Just don't turn the ball over. And they decided to take a knee. And, and Josh McDaniel's press conference today, he said, when Bill Belichick tells us to do something, we do it. So it's kind of like, hmm, now are other people starting to throw Belichick under the bus because they don't well, like Josh what McDaniels, he's calling. I don't know if I hate anyone more than that man for what, I mean, he truly left me personally at the altar. So, and I'm happy to not have him, but, I, and then what is the man with the mullet? What's his deal? Oh, Steve? Yeah. Oh, that is Bill's son. That's Bill's so, son? Yeah, the one who was licking his lips like a, like the tongue was out the whole time. And who's his mom? Um, Bill's ex-wife. Mm, Bill's ex-wife. Now, we need to get to her. Now, there's some answers there, I think. With, with, uh, with just life in general. Steve? Just life, just life in general. I would love to get some early Bill stories, you know? Yeah, early time Bill Belichick stories. Well, now Linda is the new lady. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, been around seen, for quite some time. I've seen Linda. I've seen Linda. And she's and they like ran a half marathon together. Did he run a full marathon? Oh too? yeah. No, just just the half. I saw I saw the picture on the broadcast. Um yeah, Linda's lovely. She's around all the time. She's she's actually really, really fun to talk to. She's lovely. She seems like a nice lady. I've only seen them sitting courtside together, and she was, like, laughing and having fun. You have to imagine she's bringing the energy to the relationship. You know, like, she's picking where they go to dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, Bill would just stay, I think, in one room and watch football all day. So Linda probably provides the balance Mm -hmm. in the life. Um, She probably Definitely. No question. Uh, yeah, there was one time he wore that like Nantucket jacket with like the pink stripes. Love that was that definitely him. Linda chose it. There's no way. I mean, we, he wears cut off hoodies for a reason. Yeah. So um, the Patriots, though, I think it's like New Englanders are holding on to this hope where they're like, we could still make the playoffs. But when you really think about it, do you want to? Like, Ooh, girl, you're asking a dang Colts fan. That's what I, it's. You get to, listen, if you get to go, if you get invited, you have a fun time, but then it's like you lose in the first round. I guess the, the thought is, and and we all can point to that Giants team that did it, that, you know, sort of went in and asked, like had, t- had a terrible year and then went into the playoffs with some momentum, but a little bit ass backwards and then was able, like... NFL teams, momentum is so massive for them that it's like if you squeak in, you're going to lose. But if you go in with some, like, energy and some, like, maybe we can do this, and you've had a winning streak, you probably could win some games. But, yeah, I don't know. Is it fun to just lose in the first round of the playoffs? I'm asking myself that and, you know, my therapist. So, I don't know. TBD, I guess. Yeah, they have a lot of holes. So you're like, maybe just, you know, don't don't go to the playoffs and rebuild. But Belichick's never, I mean, look, they're going to be in every game. They never get blown out. They rarely ever no. get blown out. If you're, like, a lot of people before the Brady homecoming, like, oh, it's going to be a blowout. It's like, the Patriots, no, was, when have they ever been blown out? Like, they just, it barely ever happens. So they're going to be in every well. game. 
And even when like you look at the Saints game earlier this year, it was like they were down and out of that game and they just, they don't give up. I think that's almost got to be in some ways harder on the fans because it's like you feel like you could win every game. And that's psychological warfare. Um, Well, as close as that game was to like the Patriots winning, I mean, yeah, it went to overtime. It was also equally as close to being a blowout. Like, if they don't fumble in the end zone, um, if they get it on fourth and one, like, there it is. There's your blowout. Like, it was one or two plays away from being Dallas domination. And it was also one or two plays away from being, like, Patriots are in it, you know? I'm just so excited that that mullet man is his son. Wow. This is really exciting (laughs) for me. Um, Another story that came out of Sunday, I guess it's still on the field related, literally, was Patrick Mahomes' brother, TikTok sensation, Jackson Mahomes, um, dancing on Sean Taylor's memorial in the Washington football stadium. Um, Megan, give me your thoughts when you saw this and now after. Well, I am not a big Jackson Mahomes fan. I'm also not a big uh, Brittany Matthews fan either. Are you familiar? I'm um, I'm more familiar with Jackson. I'm less familiar with Brittany, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> well, Jackson is a famous TikToker. And Brittany yes. is Patrick Mahomes' fiance and baby mama. Yes. And they are best, best friends. And to me, they are just so obnoxious. And I think that's Jackson actually the and, point. Jackson and Brittany are best friends. Yes. Okay, love that. Want, I mean, at least want a reality show. And maybe that's they, what they're gunning for. And I will watch it. I'm prime demo. I've seen every episode of Catching Kelsey. Um, So, so you saw it and you were. Well, my initial, my initial reaction was like, "Ugh, this guy is absolutely disgusting. Like what scum. But then I did a little more digging on what actually transpired in Washington with the Sean Taylor um, ceremony and the Washington football team is an absolute disgrace. They decided, like, what, 48 hours before that retire Sean Taylor's number? Then we don't notify really anybody about it. Then we put his number on the field where all of the VIPs are supposed to stand. There was pictures of all the VIPs standing on it. It wasn't just Jackson Mahomes. Right. Then the owner comes out to honor the family wearing a hooded sweatshirt. We don't, and we don't want to see you right now, sir. And maybe not ever again. We're good on you. Ever. And then the Sean Taylor Way, the street, named mm-hmm. after him, where they dedicated to it, they take a picture. There's like five porta potties lined up in front of it. Yeah, you have to imagine, based on what's happening in the Washington football world right now, that they. I I mean, like, this is cynical and not nice of me to think that they were like, um, let's put together some good PR. You know, like, it felt very veep. Like, just like, what can we do? What can we do? And it's like, okay, but, like, we all, this this feels very transparent. And, and like, you're nasty still. You know, like, it's, this doesn't take away your guilt in what you've done in, in all of these scandals that have led up to this moment. My thing with Jackson is I actually, I know someone that has worked very closely with him and a former NFL employee and and she sings his praises and says he's lovely. And he just genuinely, I think, likes TikTok and likes social media and happens to be the brother of a famous athlete. And so when I saw it, I was like, oh, this this isn't great. And then I didn't realize at first that he was like, inside the white like that had been blocked off I thought he was just like in the in the end zone and had actually like wandered over there or wherever it was but he like it was like he stepped over the velvet rope to be on it so you're like that's not great actually yeah I didn't I didn't examine the comments like you did and I think after learning more about the situation I'm more on his side but I also kind of wonder Washington was desperate for some good PR, right? Like desperate. So maybe they realize like that they totally fucked it up. And then they're like, Hey, let's make this Jackson video. Like it was already going to go viral, but then like, Hey, let's put them over here. Um, we'll do this thing. Maybe it was a conspiracy with, with Washington. So like take 
the attention off of us and then like put all the hate on Jackson Mahomes. Yeah. Um, our lovely producer did just share a photo with us. Um, and it is Jackson and Brittany standing on it, but there's also like a ton of other people standing on it. I think the bottom line for all of this is like, who really messed up in this situation? The Washington, Washington football, football team. team. And, and, and who I continues to? Like, who has a pattern of doing bad things? Daniel Snyder. Like, it's like the root. And now, I mean, this is a great segue into, you know, some fun we're going to have with the John Gruden situation. If there's any fun to be had, who was at the root of all of this shit? Jackson Mahomes, Gruden, it's Daniel Snyder. Like he's at the top of this shit heap and he keeps skating by. And it's so confusing to me. But they did examine 650,000 emails and allegedly found absolutely nothing. I ain't buying it. Nah. There's no way. There's no way. John Gruden. Like, how is that a thing? 650,000 emails. It's like, nope, we identified the one and only guy. And Daniel Snyder is totally fine. Nope. Like, I'm kind of mad if I'm the Raiders. I'm like, why are all these other owners protected and I'm not? Yeah. It did feel like um, a... a, And I... He should be gone. Like, what John Gruden did, horrible. It felt scapegoaty. Like... And and I'm almost shocked that they chose John Gruden to be the scapegoat, um, just because it seems like he's so publicly beloved. But it is like no one else did anything. No one like it's it's like when you go through, you know, we've all like probably gone to our Twitter and been like, let me look up the bads, you know, like the top the top <laughs> tier bad ones. And you're almost like, there's no way I would ever tweet that. But I just am like, I just see this stuff coming out that it's like, I got to make sure. And and I don't know if his were so abhorrent, abhorrent. That's probably not how you pronounce it. Abhorrent? <laughs> That's going to you're going to have to be like my um like my Jeopardy. Belchak. Yeah. Oh, I'm not good at that. Abhorrent. <laughs> abhorrent. Abhorrent. Whatever. Um, abhorrent. Whatever. So, it, it, but them coming out and being like, we checked everything, we're good. It's like, there's no fucking way, you guys. Twitter there's is like, we're all making fun of Absolutely no you. way. No one absolutely else. Absolutely no way. No one else called Goodell a pussy. Okay. Like, I just did. I don't even think he's a pussy, but I just said it. There has to be something else. And I, I want to know how much they paid to make it go away. Yeah. Oof. All right. So we thought it would be fun to maybe come clean on an email or two that we're embarrassed of. Um, Megan, do you have any any emails you'd like to come clean on before the NFL gets to them? Well, I don't I don't have an email, but I was thinking this. Um, and I think it's it's eye opening when you really think about the this era that we're about to enter. We are very close. I'm talking maybe five years away from having almost everybody having sent a naked photo in their life. Yeah. Like people in positions of power and everything. So I wonder, like, now the emails are starting to get hacked. Like, when is Snapchat, when are our text messages going to be read? Because Uh there used to be, like, in the old days before iPhones, like, if you were sending a text that you were like, oh, no, you could hit the red end button and save yourself. Like, you have a solid 45 seconds. To, to save yourself from embarrassment, humiliation, offending people. Um, now you send that text, um, it's gone. It's, it's definitely gone. So I wonder mm-hmm. when the text messages and the Snapchat pictures will be leaked because there has mm-hmm. to come a moment, right, when all of that stuff is out there. Yeah, One I- thing I am very embarrassed about, though, my original email, because um, I was a big runner, was Homer Cross Country Runner 1 at... I think Comcast.net. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was a great idea to have that as my email. And I think, I think in fact, cute. wasn't. I think that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> what was your AIM profile? Um, mine was Meg6325 at, yeah, at AIM um, because the last four digits of my uh, childhood phone number were 6325. <laughs> well, at but least that- yours was like, uh, like you incorporated your name. Like mine yeah. were some really weird things. Mine were like, I love. I love Disney Channel 77 or something like that. It was like a trend at my school to have like 
your nickname, but no one, like, Meg's, no one called me that. That's a nickname I gave myself that I didn't even want to catch on. Um, But a lot of people had, like, Gap Girl, AF Chick, like, people, (laughs) American Eagle Baby, like, people did have funny. Um, So I guess I can stand by my Meg 6325. I've been doing a joke for a while about wanting my nudes to get out there um, because I feel like they're good. You know, they're the ones I send. So I've deleted any bad ones. And if I thought they were good enough to send to a man I was courting, um, then I think they're good enough for the public to see. And so I've been making a call for someone to hack into my iCloud, but I guess people have been busy that they haven't gotten around to it. Um, I once sent a a Facebook message. I mean, if we went into my Facebook messages, it would be dark times. Um, But I do recall sending a professional Facebook message to a friend who was working on a show, the Norm Macdonald Sports Show, rest in peace to the show and the man. Um, And I was like, I will do, I I think I was living in Chicago at the time. I had never worked on anything. And I was like, I am willing to do anything to work on this show. I will get coffees. I'll be a PA. You guys can put cigarettes out on me if you want to. was my pitch to be hired in a professional aspect and you put that language in the email you yes, can put cigarettes, put out, cigarettes on me. out on me and you thought it was it would be impressive yeah I did, <laughs> I did. did they reply I um he did reply um and he said we're getting canceled <laughs> so but to me that said hey if we weren't we'd be hiring you that wasn't a no. It wasn't a no. It wasn't a no. And I'm and I'm friends with that person I sent that message to till this to this day. Wow. Now yeah. I am a big um, respond to email on my phone person, uh-huh. which is bad because the autocorrect is terrible on my phone. I don't even know where it comes up with the stuff it comes up with. Yeah, it's like I'm not and, saying duck. You know I'm saying fuck. Just come on, duck. Yeah, I'll let you know if I'm saying uh, duck. I emailed a wedding vendor recently and said, was asking him about the lighting. And for some reason it auto-corrected to, Hey baby, do you have an update on the lighting? And I already sent it because I didn't, I was just like, click send. And then I went back and looked and I was like, Oh my God, I did not mean to call you baby. And the worst part was he just replied, ha, like that's it. Nothing else. And we actually ended up hiring a different lighting no, guy. No, this was, he was just giving you like a, a what is it? A quote? A quote. A quote. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a weird time because it was like weddings weren't happening and then suddenly weddings yeah. were happening. So like no one was taking clients and then everybody was taking clients and then everyone wants to get married in September. So it was booked. And so I was trying to like use a connection to get in touch with a lighting guy and I think I ruined the connection by calling him baby. Yeah. But then found lights a different way. So it worked out. Um, did you and your husband have any massive wedding-related fights? Um, fights? No. But stressful situations, yes. Because I, um, I, we, the venue we had it at said, like, hey, you guys work in TV. Like, if you create us a media library, we will give you the venue for free. What? And so I love a good deal. There's nothing more wow. I love than a sale That's like your or a reality deal. star. Oh my god! So I said, yeah, Andrew will definitely create you a media library. He will shoot everything for you. And he is looking at me like I will. I was like, oh yeah, you will. And so then I got a new job and it moved us to Florida. And Andrew said to me, so how exactly are we going to do the shoot that you signed me up for? And I said, don't worry, we'll figure it out. And I really had no idea how we were going to figure it out. But um, I uh, basically like signed him up for all of this work that he was not ready to do or or didn't have the equipment to do. And it, it ended up being fine. We called in favors. We had friends let us borrow cameras. We flew in. We had to do this huge shoot for two days before the wedding. There were some days where he was looking at me like, you're dead to me. But um, he married me. So it was Wow. Fine. Wow. And um, I basically was there as like the runner, like I would get him coffee and stuff because <laughs> I don't know how to do the technical aspects of television. We had a, a, a massive fight and I only bring this up because it is sports related. Um, we had a massive fight. It, 
it was one-sided. It was me. I was fighting with someone who did not want to fight. Um, but I was very upset because some pies for the rehearsal dinner had not been ordered. And I got so angry that I took my husband's laptop and he says I gronked it. Like I spiked it on the table, like gronk, to the point that he was like, should I leave the house? Like this woman seems unhinged, just screaming about pies. And so when I went to my final dress fitting, um, we were not speaking. And like I oh, wow. told, and I told my wedding planner that you know she's like, "How are things?" I'm like, you know, I spiked his computer, um, and so we are not speaking. And she was like, "Honestly, for this phase, totally normal." <laughs> like she's like, "You will not now, be my you... first or last bride not speaking to her husband at her final fitting." Now, do you fight about sports with your husband ever? No, my main issue is so I'm loyal um, to my teams. Like I've lived in. Three, the three largest cities, the three biggest like sports cities, and I stay true to um, Colts, Pacers. I write, I write pretty hard for Purdue, and then like I've picked up the Dodgers since being out here. So I think that's a trait that you would want in a partner. My husband, on the other hand, is a front runner, as my dad would say. And so, you know, he's like, I like players. And so it's just like, you know, he likes LeBron. And so he's gotten to be a fan of multiple different teams that won championships because LeBron was on them. But like, I'm still upset about the malice at the palace. And so it is difficult to be like, you will cheat on me. You know, like you seem to have no loyalty to the things that you have promised your life to. And so I, we fight about that. And I, we fight about, I wish he cared about the Colts more. And he says he does. And that that's insane for me to say that. Well, my husband is a Boston fan, but he hates the Patriots. Used to love them, hates them now. Um, but like, I just look at him. I'm like, you don't get it. Like, you haven't had a bad day in your life. And then they'll yeah. always be like, oh, 2004. Oh. It's like, yeah, but how many of you won since then? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, well, 2004 was unlike anything. I was like, well, the next year the White Sox won and they hadn't won in 88 years, which right. was longer than the Red Sox drought. So like, I just don't understand the Boston sports fans when they, when they get sad because I'm they like, you have not had a bad day no, in no, no. 20 plus years. No, no, no. Like, it's you, like a hot You just girl don't get sad. it. Um, no, they had to change the ending of fever pitch because they want, like, it's like, that is Hollywood level, like dreams coming true. They should never be sad ever again. No, but I, I liked it. He's a huge Celtics fan. That's the team that he rides and dies with. And I like to troll him about the Celtics. Like, I really do think Jason Tatum is good, but like the whole finals when Devin Booker was playing well, I'd be like, "Hmm, well, you know, I just, Devin Booker is a winner and I would. I would kind of rather have him over Tatum. And I don't really mean that when I say it. I just kind of like drop the bomb to mm-hmm. to get him to go off. And then, well, well, Jason Tatum's ceiling is higher. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, Devin Booker's more a competitor than Tatum. Yeah. Tatum is like very complacent. Every now and then he has his breakout games. But Devin Booker, he, like when his name's called, like he's ready to go. And so I just like to stir the pot a lot. And so he mm-hmm. calls me a Twitter egg because I do that oh. with the Celtics. Okay. But I think that's part of being married. Is harassing yeah. your partner. Yeah, about the but he he's a he's a player's fan too. Like he always tells me we respect LeBron in this house. We don't hate him, we respect him. So Yeah. My husband went to work today in a Lakers six jersey. So we have we we more than respect uh LeBron in this house. And sometimes I feel second to LeBron. That's tough. It is tough. It is tough to admit publicly. Um, But I guess if you're going to be second to someone, it might as well be like one of the best players ever play. It's definitely a go, you know. I like like to think there's multiple goats. Um, And I hated Jordan until the last dance. And so that my husband's happy that I came around on that. Just it's, I'm you know, glad he, you came around too. You yeah, needed he, that in your life. Yeah, he ruined a lot of my childhood, you know. Um, but it it wasn't specific to me. That's just that's just how it, it went. It was just unbelievable. I know, but beautiful. I mean, Boston fans have another thing coming for them because they have, you know, they're going to be in the World Series again, and I mean, it's just the way it's going to go. Speaking of the the Red Sox, not cruising. They're they're just up two one. Um, give us, give us your takes as a former Boston 
native, not native, former Boston, I mean, former Boston celeb. I don't know if I jump right to celeb, but I mean, I'll take it. It's like, all right, fine. You're, you're calling me the celeb, so we'll take it. Um, I just like, I, I don't know if it's jealousy or what it is. I'm just like so annoyed with Red Sox fans. I do have to admit though, like it was hilarious the way that they were trolling. Um, they were, oh my God, why am I having a brain fire? They were trolling A-Rod. That yeah. was amazing when they, they were doing that. The I love it. They were chanting <laughs> Yeah, they were chanting J-Lo. It was just fantastic. And Big Poppy was there just absolutely loving it. But, like, can we go one year where Boston is just, like, not good mediocre. at anything? Yeah. Like, they purposely tried to make this team mediocre. Like, they didn't spend money. They did nothing at the trade deadline. They're like, eh, we're good this year. The Henrys are building, like, a whole new thing around Fenway. They're like, yeah, we'll spend our money in that. And they're still going to go to the freaking World Series. Like, yeah. I, I mean, look. The Astros don't leave anything out. They cheat. It's great. Um, I I am one of the few. I don't know who I'm rooting for. I hate the Astros too. Yeah. I guess Boston. It's, it's so hard. Like they're both they're both not likable. Right. It's a. It's kind of like a um, a perfect matchup in that way um, because. You know, and Astros fans, I do fight with them sometimes. And they're like, most of that team is gone and they paid their dues. And it's like, Altuve's still there. And to me, that he's the most egregious. Um, and I loved him. And so I think he hurt so many of us because he's just so little. And so it felt like such a nice little fun guy to get behind. And then, you know, for them to be blatantly cheating and win the World Series and not be stripped of it, it's a tough pill to swallow. And so if, it feels very easy to root for the white or the red. Sorry, um, to root Ugh, for you the just, red. That, like, just hurt my heart a little bit. I know. Like, I'm it really sorry because I do love the white socks. Um, it feels very easy to root for the red socks given the Astros' history. I do think, and obviously the Dodgers are down 0-2 right now and have a 2 p.m. start time here in LA today. They obviously need to win both games back here in LA. I do think it would be poetic for the Dodgers and the Astros to meet in the World Series. No cheating. And then, and the teams are different. A lot, you know, some great Dodgers players are gone. Some great cheating Astros are gone. And and have that match up again. But I do like watching the Astros lose. And I like Dusty Baker. I think he's a nice old man. And I would love to, you know, have tea with him. Yeah, he was uh, He was very into He had, like, the latex gloves was completely covered up when he played the White Sox. He was, like, very taking COVID he's protocols old. to he's the old. next yeah. level. Yeah, he's like, if I get COVID, it's Colin Powell time for me. Um, yeah. So, I guess yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I don't know. I Like, I can't root for the Astros, but, like, I'm just more or less jealous of the Red Sox because yeah. it's like, come on. Even when they don't want to be good, they're still good. So but, it is what it is. Listen, outside looking in – I think those those White Sox, they're young. I think yep. they're going to come back and they're going to have a really bad taste in their mouth and they're going to stick it to some fuckers next year. I think they've got years so. left of being good. I got to give it to you about your Dodgers and your city. I mean, your whole city for like baseball sort of dying, your whole city rallies around oh, the Dodgers. There. When the Dodgers win, it's bigger than the Lakers. It really is. Like, this city rides so hard for the Dodgers in a way that I've never seen. It's truly beautiful. When fireworks go off in our neighborhood, I mean, it's just, it's really family-oriented, too. Like, you just see whole families going there. It means, and, and it kind of, for a city that's so um, economically, like, on opposite ends of the spectrum, super like terrible wealth disparity, a Dodgers game. It's like, you do see everybody like come together, rich, um, not so rich people who, you know, were displaced by the stadium being built. Everybody does like rally. And it was easy for me to get behind it. They have the same exact color scheme as my Indianapolis Colts. So there you go. You didn't have to buy any new clothes. Love that. And I love Mookie. Oh, would leave my whole family I love behind. Mookie, too. He's, he's really Mookie. wonderful. I went to this great bar in L.A., Founders Ale House. It was wonderful. It was like a, it was almost like Cheers. It was like everyone knew each other at the bar. They all – was like their Sunday routine. And then the Dodgers came on, and all of these all of these people just rallied in. Yeah. Everybody, like I said, it was like just this classic neighborhood bar. 
And mm-hmm. people, the NFL was on, but they were just focused on the Dodgers. You don't find that often. No. So that was cool. No, and I think LA gets a lot of shit. And it's like, it is, you know, when the Rams were in the Super Bowl, nobody cared. Um, and nope. no people care less about the Chargers. So when they're talking about a Rams Chargers Super Bowl, I'm like, oh boy. Um, but Dodgers, Lakers, they ride really, really, really hard for. Um, let's wrap up this first episode with some fantasy football and fantasy QB talk. There, I mean, you were texting me last week about just the absolute buffet of amazing quarterback play that's happening in the NFL right now. Who you you said you picked up Wentz. Um, I hope he's not been your quarterback the whole time. No, so I'm in three leagues. I'm wow. in a family league. I'm in a well, it's in my in-laws, so it's the other side. Um, I'm in a current work league and I'm in a past work league. And um, this is the first time I've done three. And I think three is the most you can do while being invested. My husband's in seven. Oh, no. Just, I don't know how you do that. Um, The one, they're both, two of them are 10 team. One of them is 14 team league. And the 14 team league, I waited too long in the draft to pick up quarterback. And ended up having a panic draft pick of Jameis, no, Matt Ryan. And then I picked up Jameis Winston because I was like, oh, Winston will be okay. The first week when Winston looked unbelievable, he was sitting real pretty on my bench. So then I started him the next week, and he obviously he didn't do well. So that league I've been kind of like picking up guys every week. I had Taylor Heineke for a week. Okay. Um, one week it went well. One week it went terrible. I've had Wentz. Um, this week is challenging. Oh, my other league, I hate I hate being that person like, oh my other other league, my hundred dollar league. And like no one cares about my team. I know. But just bear with me for a second because I had Christian McCaffrey and Russell Wilson and they're both on IR. Yeah. So it's been tough. I don't know who I don't know what to do because like I'm not gonna gonna drop them, either one of them, obviously. No. But it's tough to roster manage when you have two yeah. players on IR. And there's a million bye weeks this week. The bye week really hurt me um, this last week. I lost in fantasy, and I had been uh, cruising, and the Colts won. And I don't think I've ever won in fantasy and had the Colts won. I think it's like some sort of mercury and retrograde impossibility for me. Uh, I have I have Mahomes as my quarterback, and I and then I have Baker as my backup, and I'm thrilled with Mahomes. I know he's I know the team is not winning like they used to I would I would love to have Murray I would love to have Josh Allen um I did not see uh the Justin Herbert writing on the wall like everybody else but I mean even that game last night just the stuff and I know they came up short and I do not know why they did not kick the field goal but um watching you were gonna kick the field goal there Uh uh-huh you were gonna kick the field goal there um, I would have honestly asked them to review the third down. I think I he, agree. I think he got it. I don't know. Wasn't it under two minutes? Oh, I guess under two minutes, it's just scoring plays. Yes. Um, but I think, I think he got it or he was at least closer than the spot. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the play, but I think you do have to go for tying the game. Um, I think you have to take the points in that situation, but I, I'm, I'm honestly impressed with Carson Wentz and I genuinely did not think I was going to be saying that. I hope he can stay healthy. And I mean that in terms of his body and COVID as an unvaccinated captain of a team. Um, but I, I, it's really, there is, there is no quarterback drought. And it seems like every week there's these guys that always perform, but then there's new interesting, like, oh my gosh, like people coming out of everywhere that if you're a Steelers fan, you got to be going, okay, we got to, we got to wrap this puppy up. Yeah. And it's like, what do you do if you're them? Like, there's not really any good quarterbacks coming out of college next year. So like, I, uh, that's, they got, they got those sights set on Aaron Rodgers. Which is interesting because, you know, he was taunting the Bears. And it's like, oh, look, he still loves being a Packer. It's like, <laughs> just wait. He's I think wait. he just loves winning. Yeah, I agree. I think when does. did you draft Mahomes? Uh, um, pretty early. I was personal the, question. I was the first one um, to take a quarterback. Now, are you the only female in your league? I am, yeah. Me too. Yeah. And all three leagues, I'm the only female. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah it's really, fun. Really. I mean, I take pride in it. I've been sticking it to them. And these are my, like, close friends, and my husband is in it. My husband is in last place, and uh, that feels that ooh, that fills me with joy, for sure. Yeah, I had a really rough situation because, like I mentioned, I was in L.A., and the Pacific Coast time, it I love it. It fucks it's you up, though, but on fantasy. Did, yeah. It really did because I um, forgot to update my lineup because, oh, I have time, and I started Saquon Barkley. He didn't play. No. He did not play. <laughs> Yeah, listen, people think it's all easy breezy out here. Beach and mountains and Hollywood. It's tough when it comes to fantasy. You got to wake up. And I remember in my heavy drinking days, I, I had to retire for a year because I was like, I'm not getting up before 10. Well, especially with the London game, it started at 6 a.m. Oh, it's impossible. It's impossible. Um, Megan, I've had so much fun chatting with you today. This was great, Megan. I hope we uh, we made some fun of sports and this was fun. I think for our inaugural inaugural episode, it was beautiful. And we're going to be doing this every week, every Tuesday, it looks like. And as you guys know, there is never a shortage of drama and fun and people to make fun of. And that's what we're going to be celebrating here at Megan Fun of Sports. Thanks so much, Megan. Thanks, Megan.